Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. We make thousands of decisions throughout the course of our day, and by the end of it, the last thing we want to do is make even more choices about what to have for dinner. Say goodbye to last-minute grocery store runs, meal planning, and recipe stress when you sign up for Home Chef. Home Chef makes your nightly routine easier and more exciting with a wide selection of delicious meals that arrive at your doorstep in the form of fresh, perfectly pre-proportioned ingredients and an easy-to-follow recipe card. With 20 unique and flavorful chef-curated meal options available each week, Home Chef ensures you and your taste buds will never get bored. Once you create your Home Chef account and set your meal preferences, you simply select your weekly menus and adjust your delivery dates. Skip weeks or pause whenever you need. Home Chef will recommend meals based on your selected preferences with plenty of menu options to fit any dietary needs. Looking to master the art of cooking? Check out their classic meal kit options complete with chef-written, step-by-step instructions. Don't have time in your busy schedule to cook? No problem. Have a hot, delicious meal on the table and a snack with quick solutions like their 15-minute recipes, microwave meals, and oven-ready options that save you time and effort in the kitchen. Plus, clean up is a breeze. Goodbye grocery shopping. For a limited time, go to homechef.com slash PC1 for $90 off your first month. That's a value of 10 free meals. Again, go to homechef.com slash PC1. That's PC and the number one for $90 off. Today on the Callahan Podcast, I know you, like I, have lots of questions about this GameStop story. These uh, renegade investors with $500 ruining all the big uh, hedge funds. Um, we have all the answers. Dave Cullinane, our financial correspondent, has all the answers. We're going to explain it to you so even I can understand. And uh, also, they're busting meme makers now. If you made a meme on Twitter making fun of uh, Hillary Clinton, the FBI might come knocking at your door. Also, Dan Shaughnessy, who probably the biggest uh, shilling, uh, four-inch Kurt Schilling side, a guy who voted against Schilling getting in the Hall of Fame, will join us today. And uh, we will mock and ridicule the perhaps the most obnoxious, insufferable, elitist politician out there in John Kerry uh, today. God, I can't stand John Kerry. All that and more today on the Callahan Podcast brought to you by DCU. Why do DCU members love their free checking accounts? It's simple. No monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, no strings attached. What's better 
as it would direct deposit to their free checking accounts. DCU members can be paid up to two days early. Who doesn't love getting paid early? Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They'll even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today at dcu.org slash free checking, insured by NCUA membership required. All right, Colin, let's go. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. So last night, what I did, or yesterday afternoon, what I did was hear the news, the big news about the uh, GameStop market manipulation and how the uh, hedge fund guys, the short sellers, took it on the chin by a bunch of rogue uh, little guys out there who drove the price up and ruined these hedge fund guys. Oh, and, and I said, I don't understand this. As usual, a big financial story. I'm in a, in a, at a loss. I'm, I'm confused. And so I start reading and Googling and reading some more and watching a bunch of TV shows. And I got more confused than ever. And I said, what the hell am I doing here? I'm going to be doing a podcast in the morning with Dave Cullinane. Dave Cullinane understands all this stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. Do I ever? These are his people. Yeah, this, is, uh, so. this is perfect for me because I don't give a shit about anything, and it just looks like people are having fun, so I'm in. I'm gay. All right. all right. Why don't you, in a nutshell, like in 30 seconds, explain it to our audience what happened in this game stuff? Because it is, it is such a huge story. They're asking the White House. They're asking Jen Psaki. About, of course, she said she had to circle back because that's what she says to every every question she doesn't understand or doesn't have an answer. Let me circle back on that. And you had to bring gender into the mix, too. You oh, had right. to, like, She couldn't just say, yes, our Treasury Secretary is looking into us. It's, oh, yeah, our first female <laughs> Treasury Secretary. Yeah, no. As if anybody the, in the room... The, the Treasury Secretary, who when she was introduced, said her top priority is uh, climate change and racial uh, justice. And I went, wait a second, what, what, what post did she just get named? She says, uh, Treasury Secretary, what is she talking about climate change and racial justice? But we'll, we'll get to that because that is the agenda for every cabinet secretary. Indeed, every appointment from Biden comes out and talks about racial injustice and climate. And, and the worst guy of all, the worst guy in any, any room is, is John Kerry, who came out yesterday, looked like he needed an embalmer. He looked like he needed a mortician to work on his face. He looks, this is what happens. We t- You talked the other day about how rich people always look younger. Yes. Well, sometimes they reach that point where there are diminishing returns. It goes over, they go overboard, and then they pay the price later in life. And I don't know how many Botox shots or plastic surgery, and, and, and generally people just joke about it. But if you saw John Kerry on TV yesterday, I guess his makeup artist took the day off. He looks he looks worse than Biden. He looks worse than all the old you know people up on the hill, you know, Diane Feinstein and Charles Grassley and Mitch McConnell. He looks worse than any of them. And but his agenda, his job is just so infuriating. It's putting people out of work and then telling them, ah, go get another job. I want to get to Kerry. Because I sat and watched him and just got my blood boils. I don't know how anybody can do can can listen to him and take him seriously. He's 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 flying around in a private jet, telling you you have to get another job because your job is hurting the earth. And then he's getting on a seventy four foot yacht and saying, you know, you got to use plastic bags and uh, yeah, or you're going to ruin the earth. He's just such a detestable hypocrite. But let me save that. Let me get back to GameStop because I think people. They come to us, Colin, for explanations. They come to us for insight. And they're probably a lot of people are confused. I explained it as best I could. A bunch of renegades. We don't know who they are. Here's what I know about them. All I know about them. 
is they invested between $500 and $2,500 each. Yeah. <laughs> and they bust. That's and, and myself the, included. Yes. Yep. You did not. Yeah. Oh, sure. I'm in. But listen, can I pump up Nokia today? Sure. What's the next one? Let's just pick one. Let's pick it's, a random company to help out today. And, and, and what you get is a theme for us and for every everyone in the media, a theme every day is that the – uh, the, the technology is so big and so uh, it, it can do so much that we don't know what's going to happen next. It's and, and we'll get to a, a couple other stories like this. That that big tech is scary, and sometimes it backfires on people who think they got it all figured out. Um, but that's why you the, just, the, you just- the short sellers. But let's let me yeah. throw this into the short sellers, the guys who, who shorted. GameStop and tried to drive it into the ground and ruin it. Lost twenty three point six billion. I just read this morning. So a bunch of guys who invested five hundred bucks in GameStop drove the price up and ruined the short sellers. The you know, the Gordon Geckos who lost twenty three point six billion. But I still have a lot of questions. Maybe you can fill them in for me. Uh, well, one, I can't. I mean, two things I don't know anything about video games and, and money, basically. But this is, if you want to sum it up like in a bow, and this is what hit me last night, this is Occupy Wall Street on the internet is what's happening. You know what I mean? Like this is, everybody is crowding these Robinhood apps and all these apps that they can go invest. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. What's a Robinhood app? So Robinhood is where you can go trade, right? There's no fees or anything like that. You can download the Robinhood app and you can go buy stocks, you can buy cryptocurrency. That's one of the biggest trends that you could buy crypto like Bitcoin on these things. So the internet just flooded to these apps during the pandemic, Uh, you know, what they call retail investors. And these guys, they're, they're a, you know, let's not say that they're crazy rogue. They have a community on Reddit, which is a social media app. Which they got shut down they by, got shut down. and they lied. Um, who shut them down? Well, there's, there's, there's kind of that, that news was all over the place last night. They were, they were so inundated with requests to join and things were going so fast and heavy on that, on their platform on Reddit that I believe they went to private for a little bit is what had to happen. They like slowed it down. I don't know why that happened. They definitely got shut down. They got on discord, which is another app where they were having this community they were saying all this hate speech was going on on Discord, which, which was a lie i mean i've read yeah. enough and I, it was a lie they they just picked this time to yes. say to to, to indi- identify them as a place for hate speech yes. the time when they were the bust- people in power are upset the people in power are upset so we got to go take action now and we got to go kick off the server on discord because the people in power are losing money and they're upset about it the bill galvins of the world and the you know all these people but it's basically just these guys had a community an existing community wall street bets on reddit they would talk all the time money stocks whatever they just decided on a whim, basically, that the hedge funders pissed them off, and now we're going to go help out the little guy, which in this situation was GameStop, and we're going to go pump the shit out of that stock. And guess what? They're doing it out in the open, though. This is a social media platform. They're telling people what they're going to do. More power to them versus these hedge funds, the one percenters that are meeting behind the scenes saying, we're going we're gonna, to uh, use our media, our media friends to kick the shit out of GameStop on CNBC or whatever. Like They're always doing it out in the public. So you see, I, you, I you, every aspect of it. You are a moron. We've already determined that. But that was a pretty um, easy to understand explanation. I don't know if you're right. 
But that was what I was looking for. And it's hard to get that. You know, the big guy on um, on Fox News, Charles Payne, big black guy with yep. glasses. Yeah, he's good. He's great. Um, he's good. He speaks clearly. He has. You know, I, I understand him. I went to a number of financial things. I got barons in front of me. There was a long story on Bloomberg. I read every word of it, and I got more confused than ever. Uh, it was well done, but I, I it, it left me with a million more questions. But the bottom line is they did nothing illegal, correct? The only way they could stop them was shut them down and accuse them of hate speech, which was a lie. Correct. They, to my knowledge. Yeah. So so how do, do, if I wanted to join with the Wall Street Bets guys yep. today, knowing that they are uh, onto something here, could I do that? Or you said they're open. Uh, I mean, could I do that? if I? Yeah. I mean, you're basically just following along their community, which now has spread across all social media platforms, right? So you can follow along basically on Twitter. But I believe, and I'll, I'll check it as we're talking here, I believe you can go on Reddit and join their community, which was, you know... It, millions of people are on that now and it was just growing at such a rapid pace that i think maybe it just oh it could have messed up the servers with reddit it was so you know well, they and, and what happened was they shut them down and people like bill gavlin who was on cnbc i believe yep. and others were saying oh we can't have this even though what the short sellers do what they the, the guys who lost billions 23 billion those guys what they do is ruin companies. They drive the price down and make it worthless. They borrow the stock and then they buy it back when it's dirt cheap. And they look at companies that are like wounded animals, like GameStop. GameStop has no online presence. I didn't know that. And they had a guy come in. Oh, there's like, I don't know, a thousand stores in malls, which are essentially ghost towns. No one's in malls. So some guy came in. He came in from a dog food company from Chewy. The dog food company, apparently he's a brilliant guy, uh, Ryan Cohen, and he came into GameStop, he bought a lot of stock, put himself on the board and said, we're going to go online. We're going to change this company, which means it showed promise and GameStop, uh, I don't think, I don't know if these guys are gamers or they're just young and they said, this makes sense. They're online. Let's go for it. They drove the price up. The short sellers lose when the price gets uh, driven up. But the company gets saved as well. The stock is went up 1,700%. And people like Bill Galvin, these old school dinosaurs, said, we can't have that. You know, it's too, too volatile. It's too dangerous. And what he's doing is protecting Gordon Gecko. Yes. As far as I could tell, he's protecting the short sellers whose job it is, whose goal it is to destroy these companies. So immediately these financial uh, TV stations and, and, and publications start looking at other vulnerable or possible targets and amc is one and people like you know average investor guys who are uh, uh doing their you know easy trade or e-trade are saying let's find out where they're going to go next like amc theaters which are obviously also wounded and struggling and did you say, wait you didn't just mention nokia did you don't, don't feel free to just pop in nokia every now and then if you want that's mine that's, that's my what guy. you're hoping yeah, you're those hoping are my nokia. guys See, yeah. I'm going to talk to my friend, the stockbroker today to try to figure it all out. See if I can, you know, get involved because God knows I I'm, I'm telling you, I don't think I'm a total moron, but I read this Bloomberg story. And it was long and I read it slowly. And when I finished, I said, all right, what the hell did I just read? It's a different language to me. I need help. Maybe, maybe I'll tell him that today. Is, I'll say, get me in on. 
This is a game, right? Like this is still a game, right? Like we always preach whether it's a financial advisor, whether you could also call it like gambling's the same thing. Don't bet what you can't afford to lose, right? And you just said it right there. The average investment was between $25 and $500. I I would assume that a lot of these people are betting short money, just like you just said, and they can afford to lose this. This is a this is a statement. Like this is a So if you bet 500 you and it went up seventeen hundred percent. Yes, do you sell? I mean, they out. Are they? Is that what they're making? Because well, a lot of money. But I sell. <laughs> I would sell. But it depends. If they're in this for the movement, like an Occupy Wall Street type of thing, then they're hanging on and they're just trying to send a message, and that's that's all they care about. But it's it's going to be funny watching um, uh, today. I think you're going to see some of these financial uh, publications and. and TV networks try to uh, introduce us to the to the short sellers who got busted, got ruined, and make it seem like something untoward happened, something illegal, when it didn't, I don't think. And they're going to try and make them out to be the victim. So you're going to see some guy, you know, with his $5,000 suit on in his uh, Wall Street office, slick back hair. I just picture Gordon Gecko, And they're going to say, the poor guy lost $8 billion or something. It's going to be like, yeah, but he's the one that manipulates the market normally and ruins companies. Right. What Correct. the wall street uh, renegades, wall street bets renegades did was save a company. And, and maybe, you know, the next thing we know that it, it, it stays up, that it, it re- remains that, that valuable, that the, the price remains that high and GameStop goes online and becomes this, this great online gaming company. Maybe it changes everything, but, I don't know. I'm not involved. We're treating, we're treating these guys like look at what the media is doing right now. They're treating them like they're a terrorist organization right, right. because the guys are in the comments on Reddit being like, this is war. This is how like normal people talk. You call people assholes and you say hedge funds suck and let's go to war with hedge funds. That doesn't mean you're like your intention is still at the end of the day. You just saved a company basically to your point. And it's- it did me a favor because I learned more than I ever did about what a hedge fund. Does. I used to say, oh, hedge funds. I didn't know what it was, but you know, they're good. They guys make money. They get rich, but they bet on companies to fold or to fall apart or to just lose uh, a lot of value right now. You know, the markets aren't open yet, but everyone's gearing up. David, Dave Portnoy and all the usual suspects are on Twitter gearing up to go to work or as he says, go to war. Um, and they're all this talking is, this about is 2021. Robin. This is 2021. I think it was a guy. He's a big Bitcoin guy, but he tweeted out, when you lose, it's okay. When they lose, the game is turned off. Right. That applies to literally everything in 2021 right now. I know. I, I was thinking that too. Like it's a microcosm is you have this behemoth, this, uh, I don't know who shuts down Discord. Don't tell me it's AWS. Who shuts down Discord? I mean, who does Discord? Well, Discord as Discord as a platform shut down this specific community that was Discord Discord shut down Wall Street bets. Correct. So that's the example of Twitter saying we're going to take. Is it? Is it? It's not permanent though. They lied and said there was some hate speech, just like they lied. uh, Amazon Web Service and all the other big tech bullies lied when they took Parler down. They said it was a place where violence was planned. The violence was planned on Facebook and Twitter, but that's okay. All the all the you know usual lapdogs in the media played along and said parlor. That's a, they they got violent content. They didn't. They just want to control everything and they couldn't control parlor. Hopefully, parlor will be up again soon. But it is scary. Hang on, hold that thought. I got to talk about our new sponsor, govx.com. That's g o v x.com. 
As we all know, uniform professionals sign up to serve causes greater than themselves. If you've ever served in the military, law enforcement, firefighting, or frontline medical communities, you are eligible for free membership in GovX.com, the greatest online shopping site for Americans of service like you. Your job demands a lot from you, from deployments to long shifts and the dangerous situations most people don't have the courage to face. There's a reason why GovX believes service-minded patriots like you deserve special recognition. GovX.com delivers the deals on all the gear you need for your on- and off-duty life. Register at GovX for instant access to discounts on epic brands like Oakley, Yeti, Garmin, Vortex Optics, Benchmade, Danner, and more. The site was built exclusively for the men and women who serve our country and communities. That's why every month, GovX supports nonprofits serving the military, first responder, or law enforcement communities. We don't just thank you for your service. We honor it. Signing up is fast and easy and totally free. Become a member today and use code Callahan for $15 off your first order of $50 or more. GovX.com. Savings for those who serve. I want to tell you, this is a theme every I, I sit, I watch the news, I read, I, I take my notes. And I'd, I'd like to say, you know, you know, it's a big deal. It's, you know, it's America in 2021. Big tech is is in charge and, you know, we'll all live through it. And we'll get through it. But every night I read stories, hear stories, including this one and say, where does it end? Where's it going? The, the, the control that big tech, these big tech tyrants, these Amazons and, 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 and Twitter and Facebook and, and Google have on us, there's no end to it. And they're not even subtle anymore. They control the government. We know that they control the, the certainly control the executive branch and they were scary when Trump was in office. Trump is gone now. There's no checks and balances. No one's going to stop them. No one. I mean, the senators who scream about it, Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz are in, or I guess they're in the minority. It's 50-50, but they're in the minority. They're powerless. And yesterday, I had to read this story six times. I'm telling you, you didn't uh, see much about this because it's, you know, I don't think you're going to, unless you're watching, you know, Tucker, you probably won't hear about this guy named Doug Mackey. That's his name. <clears throat> it was not his name on on Twitter. He had his name on Twitter was Ricky Vaughn. You know who Ricky Vaughn is, right, Colin? Oh, sure, Major League, absolutely. And his, 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 his avatar was Ricky Vaughn. Was uh, was Charlie Sheen with the glasses and a and a MAGA hat. But he was a you know a, a right wing Trump supporting you know troublemaker on meme maker on Twitter. These, I mean, there's plenty of them. You see them and you. You laugh at some of them, you, you dismiss others, but it's just, you know, it's a very common thing. These political guys, certainly these Trumpkins who do memes, and he did a meme, which was joking, and it said, if you want to vote for Hillary, you can just text this number. You don't have to go to the polls. And apparently, according to the government, 4,000, like 4,900 people did that. They texted the number. They're stupid. That this was a, a you know a guy with a picture of with a picture of Ricky Vaughn on his Twitter who did a lot of crazy right wing memes. This was five years ago or four and a half years ago, and Doug Mackey was taken away from his home in Florida in handcuffs by the FBI. And I heard this and I said, "There's got to be more. He he must have done something, threatened some violence. There is no more. He's being charged with election meddling." And I'm telling you, this made me 
a how little many, How many idiots fell for it? How many idiots fell for I it? I think the number's 50, uh, 4,900, they said, who text 4,900 people responded to the fake text code. So 5,000 people, 5,000 people thought they voted, but didn't. And he's getting, I'm not sure what the, uh, you know, how stupid they have to be. He, it was only retweeted 175 times. He had 58,000 followers, Ricky Vaughn. Uh, uh, he's a 31 year old guy from New York, but moved to Florida and was taken away from his home in Florida. Like at dawn when the FBI came and I'm saying, did someone die? You know, because did someone get shot? Is this one of those, you know, uh, Steve Scalise deals where someone was motivated to be violent by this guy? The answer is no. And here's what scares me more than anything is this happens. And you're going to hear everybody, certainly on the left, but a lot of people just either say, good, he deserved it. I mean, or they're going to say, who cares? You know, and I'm thinking, there are a lot of crazy things on Twitter and Facebook. Are we, the FBI, by the way, has yet to find, uh, you know, press charges for the death of uh, Brian Sicknick, the cop at the Capitol who got hit by a fire extinguisher or whatever. We don't know. Or arrested the cop who shot uh, Ashley Babbitt, unarmed trespasser in the Capitol. We don't know why they let everybody in the Capitol. I, I thought the FBI was going to get to the bottom of that in a matter of minutes. But no, but they got to the bottom of Ricky Vaughn, and I'm, I'm looking for the charge exactly. It's like election. Conspiracy to violate rights. The F- head of the FBI office in New York City said the scheme amounted to nothing short of vote theft. It is illegal behavior and contributes to the erosion of the public's trust in an electoral process. Um, if you look at the law, it's that's not true. I mean, you're, it's, it's a law where you stop if you violate this law, that means you stop people from voting. And it's literally, if you like kidnap someone on election day or lock them in their home and didn't let them vote, it's got nothing. Obviously the law was written before there was such a thing as, you know, uh, uh, memes on, on Twitter, but the guy is facing 10 years in prison for this. And, I mean, uh, immediately like kidnapping somebody is taking physical action and holding somebody yeah, against their will versus just tweeting out. And I, I'd love to see, I don't, I didn't, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but like how, how, uh, how confused could people have possibly been by the tweet? It probably was more. Just I, don't know, I will tell you this hit home. You mentioned Bill Galvin, Bill Galvin, for those who don't know, is the secretary of state of Massachusetts. He's a Democrat. He's been there a hundred years. Uh, he's kind of a you know benign presence. He's not like hateable like like John Kerry or Liz Warren, uh, but he's a good Democrat. So a few years ago on the radio, it was election week. I think, in my, and I don't think it was two thousand. It was like two thousand and twelve, maybe when uh, when Romney was running. And um, on I think it was on Monday of election week. Obviously, election day is Tuesday. Used to be the day everyone voted. Now people vote for months and months, and they mail in votes. But it used to be just you know eight, maybe it was twelve years ago. You used to have to go to the polls and vote. So I made a, a comment on air that was a joke. Obviously, I said Tuesday's election day for Republicans. I said Democrats, you're lucky. You know you can wait till Wednesday. That's election day for for Democrats, and it's a old joke. I don't know. I stole it from someone. I said it in passing, you know, obviously it wasn't election day for Democrats on Wednesday, obviously. And, and I was accused of uh, somehow participating in voter suppression. They called Bill Galvin and made it. Someone filed a complaint against me 
And I was brought in the office as usual after the show. And they, did you say this? And I go, yeah, it's a joke. Oh, you can't do that. I go, what? So Gal, we were waiting to see if Galvin was going to press charges. And I, maybe he was looking to see what the potential was for, you know, what kind of charge he could come up with. But he, I, and I don't hate Galvin. No, you know, I hate all those other, but, but I don't hate Galvin because he let it drop. He let it slide. Said, you know, just don't do it again. I said, no problem. Wasn't that, wasn't that funny? It was just a dumb wisecrack. That's sort of what this guy did. He just joked and said, you don't have to go to the polls. Just text this number. And maybe people, you know, text, people actually text. I voted for Hillary and texted in. I guess so. 4,900 people apparently did it. And now he's got, he's released on $50,000 bond and he's um, facing 10 years in prison. But if the if the climate is not what it is today, if the Capitol riots didn't happen two weeks ago, whatever it was, like, is he arrested today? Well, you know, well, if, if, if Trump won, he's not arrested. There will, someone tweeted this out and I can find it. There was a joke about, you know, voting. If you're voting for Trump, do this. It was, I emailed this number. It was, it was some wacky left-wing meme and it was very similar of, you know, someone saying, you know, vote for Hillary tomorrow. It might've been my thing. We say you can vote for Trump Wednesday or whatever. It was very similar. A wisecrack about, about voting. There was never, there will never be an arrest. There will never be an issue. It's a one-way street. As we say every day, cancel culture is a one-way street. Nobody on the other side ever gets canceled. Doesn't matter what they do. They can incite violence. They can vote, suppress votes. They can steal. It doesn't matter. It's a one-way thing. This never would have happened if things turned out differently on November 4th. And everyone knows it, but most people, I should say most, many, many people are, are okay with it. And to me, that is scary. This guy, he's a 31-year-old guy. And by the way, he's already been kicked off Twitter. He's not able to do it anymore. And I think Jack Dorsey actually said, sorry, that slipped through. Like, sorry, we let through that joke, that joke meme. We'll be more careful next time. And as, as I said last night, I was, there's a funny meme where about diversity in the military. And someone took Rachel Levine, the, the um, health secretary of Philadelphia or Pennsylvania, who's going to be the assistant head of HHS. She's a, a, a lovely transgender woman. And they put her into the helicopter, full metal jacket. The guy's shooting all the people on the ground. And they said, diversity in the military. And I laughed. I thought it was funny. I retweeted it. And then I said, uh-oh, am I going to get a knock at the door? That's the point of this. It's not to get this one guy and get him in jail, put him out of, you know, out of business. It's to send a message to everybody else that you better be careful. You better, before you, you know, meme, you better think twice. And it works. I'm telling you, I think twice. I'm, I, it makes me makes me nervous when I see things like this or when I see, you know, Mike Lindell, you know, Sebastian Gorka. It, it seems to me they're going down the list. They started with the top with the president and they're going down and they're canceling all his, uh, his most uh, vocal supporters. And with a guy like Mike Lindell, it's especially scary because it's not just taking him off Twitter. It's, it's harassing all the stores that sell his product and putting him out of business, he has two thousand employees putting them out of business. But the, all right, we're going to talk to uh, Dan Shaughnessy. Who, by the be- way, breaking news as of uh, as we record this this morning. This is pre pre the bell, you know, pre the opening bell and everything. Robinhood has disabled trading for the three three of the stocks that these Wall Street bets, including Nokia, which I've been mentioning, uh, oh, really? disabled trading. So th- there's a free market for you. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that is, that is scary, but I hope. 
you know, can't they just move on to another stock? There's a lot of stock. There's a lot of GameStops and, and AMCs out there. Hell, look at all the restaurants. Look at all the, the gyms that have uh, been destroyed and are struggling and are on their last legs. These guys, these Wall Street bets renegades can find somewhere else to go. And it'll be interesting. Now that I've learned from you how it all works, I'm excited. I have some insight. Maybe I'll even participate in this. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to talk to my friend, the stockbroker today. I'm going to say, I want to get in on this. I want to be one of those renegades that, that ruins Gord Gecko. That well, we'll be the good guys. Don't, don't, good guys. don't spend what you don't have to lose. Let's put it that. That's our disclaimer for the day. That's our disclaimer. I, I do. I'm doing it with like Bitcoin, with like cryptocurrency stuff. I do it all the time. It's this shit that's less. It's like one half of 1%. Oh yeah. I love it. Yeah, but it's just like a little fun little side thing to do. You watch. It's kind of like having a fantasy football team or something like that. Good. Um, so you're going to be watching this closely. Oh, yes. Yep. I'll be watching it closely. I'm upset because uh, they just disabled trading for something that I have a little bit of money in. But it's all right. Hey, listen, uh, I'll find it. You're right. I'll find the next one. I'm on to the next one. You look, right. This is how I picture the Wall Street bets guys. I think they're like your age or younger. And I think they have like a, uh, they look like Tim Pool. They have like a winter cap on, their yep. little scraggly beard, and they're sitting there. You're they not demean- I'm a good looking guy. You're not demeaning them, right? The internet. No, is- no. I'm, these I'm, guys I'm, are reddit. These, these are Viking. The, the internet is treating them like they're all Viking men at the U.S. Yeah. Capitol right now. Like that's. Yeah, you, mean, you mean the guy who was almost our next president? Yeah. Know, if we over, if Viking man overthrew the government, he was, I'm sorry, he was going to be God King. He was going to be God King in the new government. And the moron that uh, the garbage man from New York who swung from the chandelier, he was going to be vice gun God King. Ooh, it was close. They almost, almost overthrew the government, um, but they didn't. And I will just say with some regret, now we're subjected to the most obnoxious, most insufferable public servant in my lifetime. And that is saying a lot because I can't stand most of them. I sure can't stand uh, Liz Warren and, and Ayanna Presley and, so many others, but yesterday I, I got a question. Maybe since you have all the answers today, I know Joe Biden made promises to far left environmental groups, the real crazies that think we're killing Earth and want to go to zero emissions and all that. Why is John Kerry the climate czar? Why couldn't he come up with someone? And I, I, I realize most of these these uh, climate crazies are fanatics, and I, I wouldn't be on the same page with any of them. But here you have a 76, 77-year-old guy, totally failed politician, lost the election, terrible secretary of state. He's really old and really uh, obnoxious. And you make him the face of your fight to save the earth, to stop climate change. And you know he flies around on a private jet. You know he has a 74-foot yacht. You know he has a $12 million home on the water in Martha's Vineyard. So everybody knows he doesn't believe what he says. He wouldn't do any of those things, any of them, if he actually believed this was an existential threat, which, by the way, that means life or death. That means we're all going to die if we don't stop climate change. That means that oceans are rising, wiping out beachfront property. That means airplanes are destroying the earth and, 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 and yachts are, are, are destroying the earth. He would do none of the above if he actually believed what he's saying, and everybody knows it. I'm not saying this as a just a Kerry hater or a right-wing nut job. I'm saying this as, an, as a human being, watching him speak and talk and, and, and pretend he cares about this. And, and yesterday, he actually said, and I realize people like Kerry, they're the ultimate elitist. They think you're dumb. He's smart. They think you're 
easily manipulated. But he said he thinks the new climate policy from Kerry can control hurricanes, can like stop hurricanes and wildfires. An absolutely absurd proposal. But he says it from the podium. You know, the dutiful uh, uh, Democrat stenographers in the press room write it all down. And I'm sitting there going, you don't know, you can't really believe in the next four years, John, Joe Biden's going to do something like stop the pipeline or whatever. Do something that's going to stop hurricanes, which were worse 100 years ago. But whatever. That was not the most obnoxious thing. The most obnoxious man in the administration said. He was asked about the 12,000 jobs, good jobs, blue-collar, high-paying jobs on the Keystone Pipeline. Did it gone? Stroke of a pen, just as a throwing a bone to the environmental nuts, Biden wiped out 12,000 jobs, blue-collar, working-class people out of work. This obnoxious puke, John Kerry says, they can get another job. Can you imagine being a guy there? You're, they're making... I'm going to guess 60, 70,000, most of them working hard on the Keystone Pipeline, wherever in uh, Montana, North Dakota, you know, good place to live for low cost of living. Maybe they're, they're outdoorsmen. They got a family. They got a home. They got a pickup truck. They go to work. They're making good living. By stroke of a pen, the left-wing extremist in the White House says, you're out of work. You turn on your TV and this elitist, pompous, Ugh, man, Kerry says, you know, this is really existential. We have to put you out of work to save the earth. A guy with a 75 foot yacht and a, and a private jet of his own. And, and uh, but he, well, he negotiated the Paris uh, agreement. So that's, that, right, that's he's going to do it again, which yeah. does nothing to stop China or India, but it, whatever, it's a total scam. So you have to watch that guy tell you, well, maybe you should just make solar panels. And you're thinking, wait a second, I have a home and a family and they're in school. And I live in whatever, in Montana or North Dakota or South Dakota. And you want me to make solar panels, which by the way, are made in, in China. But even if they were made in, you know, South Carolina, you're just telling this family, this guy. And, and the guy knows the pipeline's safe. He knows there's no environmental danger here, threat. He knows it. He's, he's there every day. The oil can no longer come through the pipeline. So now it has to come by truck or train which is much worse for the environment, but they don't care. This was something Biden's masters in the, in the environmental movement demanded, and he did it. And Kerry, I don't know if you play the sound where he says, you're just going to have to get another job. Watching you both right now, who will hear the message that, that the takeaway to them is that they are seeing an end to their livelihoods. Uh, what, what do you say to them, particularly those people who, who President Trump struck a chord with on the campaign trail when he promised to save their jobs? What is your message to them right now? And also to the oil industry executives who are listening, are you putting them on notice today? Well, we didn't come here to put anybody on notice except to the seriousness of uh, President Biden's intent to uh, do what needs to be done to deal with this crisis. And it is a crisis. Um, with respect to uh, those workers, no, no two people are more uh, in this room are more concerned about it. And the president of the United States has expressed in every comment he has made about uh, climate the need to 
uh, grow the new jobs that pay better, that are cleaner. That I mean, you know, you look at the consequences of black lung for a miner, for instance, and measure that against the fastest growing job in the United States before COVID was solar power technician. The same people can do those jobs. But the choice of doing the solar power one now is a better choice. Similarly, uh, you have uh, the second fastest growing job pre-COVID was wind turbine technician. This is happening. 75%, 70% of all the electricity that's come online in the United States in the last few years came from renewables. Not, you know, coal plants have been closing over the last 20 years. So uh, what President Biden wants to do is make sure those folks have better choices, that they have alternatives, that they can be the people who go to work to make the solar panels. They were making them here at home. Oh, God, he's so obnoxious. That The idea that they, they have better choices now. That's what we just did. We took away their job. And and, and that's a complete uh, a non sequitur, the coal mine and the black lung. She was talking about the pipeline. She was talking about uh, oil and natural gas. She wasn't talking about coal mines. And by the way, China builds a coal-fired plant once a week. They, they have no concern for this. They're doing so the earth is not going to be saved if we stop coal. And they, that woman, Gina McCarthy, by the way, another Boston person, she's the climate, other climate czar or whatever. She, she has an anthropology degree, degree from UMass Boston, so she is important. And she said, uh, I believe uh, either she or, or uh, I think they both said, if we cut our, uh, they said it's the most important health crisis facing us right now. In the middle of COVID, in the middle of COVID, where, you know, 400,000 people have died. Trump killed most of them. We know that. Biden told us. She said the climate crisis is the most important health crisis facing us, which is absolutely absurd. Uh, if we eliminate all our emissions, which he, Biden said we were going to do in the, in the campaign, the uh, temperature of uh, the earth would uh, go up 0 0.7 degrees by the end of the century instead of like one degree, it, it wouldn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. It's all just to scare people. And I understand that it works. It scares a lot of dumb people, a lot of young people. And they think uh, like, like Greta Thunberg, I have to start, you know, making my own clothes and walk into work or walk into school. And, and I can never use a plastic bag or a, or a water bottle or the world will end. It works. It scares people. But this obnoxious hypocrite just told you to forget your job which is a good job, which is a, working on the pipeline, making money, good, damn good job. You're going to just have to make solar panels. Wouldn't your first question be, where do I go to do that? You know, is the factory in the same town so my kids could stay in school? Am I going to make the same amount of money? Of course not. These people like Kerry don't give a damn about working people. It just so, he's so obnoxious. He's so insufferable. Even Biden has to see that. Why wouldn't you find some like, climate engineer guy younger more likable why would you put that decrepit old fool up on stage and have him talk down to blue collar people if you are such a champion of working people why do you have john Kerry sending the message it's just so it's just so obnoxious they can make better choices they can get other jobs that's the message from john Kerry. but enough of that from me um we told you Dan Shaughnessy would be joining us. I'm glad he is, if you're not aware. Shaughnessy's kind of the 
the number one uh, antagonist to our friend Kurt Schilling. We talked to Schilling last week, and Schilling took his usual shots at Shaughnessy, and uh, we wanted to give Dan a chance to fire back. But first, let me tell you about Shea Concrete. Let me tell you what they can do for you this winter. They can build you a building, build you your own precast building. They partner with Easy Set Worldwide, and they manufacture precast concrete buildings for multiple applications in a variety of sizes. Shea's been manufacturing precast buildings for over 17 years, and no one does it better. Precast concrete buildings provide the most durable and long-lasting option compared to other modular building applications, such as metal, wood, masonry. Shea Concrete Manufactures delivers and installs these engineered precast concrete buildings as a true turnkey provider from initial handshake through the final installation support. With a focus on cost efficiency and quality control, each of their precast concrete buildings are pre-assembled at their factory and typically delivered and installed in one piece by their experts. Uh, you know what makes them uh, better than other buildings? They, they can uh, they can build them in the worst of weather because they do it indoors. That's unlike other, you know, wood, metal, they do it indoors, in, the, in their big plants. They build your building. This increases productivity, lowers cost, and gives the customer a legitimate time frame of when the building will be placed on site. To learn more, simply go to shakeconcrete.com or call them up and ask for Frank or Mike. These are the experts in these buildings. They'll tell you what you need. They can tell you what sizes they can build. It's the answer. You need a building, go for a precast concrete building. Call them today or just log on to shakeconcrete.com. Learn all about their precast buildings. Hey, Dan, what's going on? How you doing, Jerry? Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you, Dan. I have that uh, same Celtic picture I'm looking at in my office. So the, the good. Big three you, you know I'm in it, right? You, you know I'm in it. Look uh, right uh, behind uh, John, Kevin McHale's uh, right thigh. I'm kind of falling asleep, but I'm sitting uh, right there behind uh, the big three. That's why I got it on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're all bent over. Yeah, yeah. it's all, all bent over kind of. Like a, do you have a tie on? Yes, I had a tie. Believe it or not, when I worked at the Lowell Sun, we had a dress code. We had to wear a tie. But uh, that is a pretty famous picture. I see myself in men's rooms and sports bars. I used to see myself in men's rooms and sports bars all over the uh, New England area. But uh Anyway, you succeeded. Congratulations! You kept your uh, your your boy Shill. You kept my boy Shill out of the I take, hall. Of fame. I take no uh, I take no pleasure in no, this. Don't, no, let's that. not start off with a lie. Let's not start <laughs> off with a lie. You take some pleasure because, in your opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, he's gone off the deep end. He used to be, in your opinion, you know, kind of obnoxious, you know, like me. But you think he's gotten worse, and you think, I mean, didn't you used to vote for him? I think I did one. I know I did at least once, maybe twice. Um, so in the what did he do to change your mind? I think at the beginning I was a no, and then for a year or two I was a yes, and then the crazy stuff started to get overwhelming to me, and I just went no. And it's it, it's an easy pass now. It's an easy no now. But so let's just start off with, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> as a as a baseball player, he's a borderline candidate. He's not a slam dunk. There's some there's some notion that he's some slam dunk who's now being kept out because of his quote unquote politics and. I mean, I think he's done amazingly well given his "quote unquote" politics because uh, his numbers are trending in a really good way. And I, Jerry, last year when he got to seventy percent, and I looked at that new ballot, I said, "This guy's a lock. He's getting in." I know you I, told me that, and I was I was planning on seeing him absolutely. He would be, which he would have been all alone on stage yeah. if not for COVID. COVID bumped uh, 
Jeter and Larry Walker and Ted Simmons. So they'll all be there. But it would have been wild to see Schilling as the only inductee. As I know. A, I mean, you got to admit, it would have been pretty, uh, pretty good theater. It would have been theater. But, but, but the baseball notion, again, <clears throat> I mean, how much better see than Oral Hershiser, you know? Well, but there's lots of comps, Dan. I mean, if you had, yeah. to, if you went by this, if you went by the test of who do you want the ball in, you know, big game, game seven, would it be Jack Morris, Burt Blylevin, uh, you know, Mike Messina, or Kurt Schilling? Well, you didn't help yourself by putting Morris in there. Morris won game seven, won nothing in 10 innings. I mean, well, that's know, true, so. but I hate him. So uh, <laughs> I know, I know. But anyway, I, I get your point. Uh, the only guy in my lifetime, I mean, uh, Tiant. Tiant Morris and, and Schilling, the three guys that come to mind for me, if you go anything, you know, after Koufax and whatnot, just because, yeah, he, I mean, the guy's 11 and two in the postseason. He's a strike machine. I mean, that's all legit. And he wanted the ball at the end in 08, excuse me, 07. He had a high school fastball and he, he won every game he pitched in the postseason. I mean, that was I, remarkable. He was so smart and he could locate so well. I assume some voters pace, place more emphasis on postseason than others. And yes. if you do place emphasis, I went over the numbers of Koufax, Gibson, uh, um, Whitey Ford, and and Schilling, and he's he, you could make a case for uh, Koufax, Gibson, or Schilling. And I'm saying, wait a second, the other three were done more than 50 years ago. <laughs> so in the last 50 years, if I'm being you know conservative, I'd say in the last 50 years he's the best, or certainly among the top two or three postseason pitchers. That's, that's a pretty good case. That's true and fair, but also postseason is is diluted now like you mentioned whitey ford gibson and, and you know that's all world series with those guys whereas right. there's there's three or four rounds of playoffs now in shillings lifetime there were three rounds of playoffs like bernie williams has more postseason home runs than mickey, than mickey yeah. mantle i mean right. because you just Schilling, have more opportunity but he sees 11, those opportunities 11 and 2 and you cannot take that away i look at Kofax is four and three but his era is under one and so i mean do you and shillings 11 and two in his era and, and the other thing we remember because they were all on tv and high def and we remember the bloody sock and we remember yeah. those moments where he just came up so big yeah. but you admit that if he never said and uh, in your case if he said you know vote hillary or if he said uh, you know i love i love kamala <clears throat> you would vote yes if he was just oh, absolutely nine. again mariano rivera is a big trump guy he was unanimous I mean, yeah, but the, A, he's Mariano Rivera, and B, he's not computational. <laughs> right, and George Brett's a big Trump guy, too, and everybody loves George Brett. So, I mean, I, I just I, – I, I take away the, the fact that he's a Trump. And let's not forget, Schilling's vote total started to go up in 16. I mean, so when Trump got elected, Schilling was, got better every year of that, 16, 17, 18, 19. So it's not that. I mean, it's the craziness that's really it, – it's, it's unfortunate, Jerry, because he would have got in. See, I had this argument the other day where I think the writers should have the, the, the idea that players or coaches should vote is stupid. They don't pay close attention. And the writers, to their credit, at least the guys I know, you, you do your homework. You make you listen to the cases people make for players. You look at the numbers. And I think, by and large, I agree with the, the voters. And I think some voters take pride in the fact that they overlooked Schilling's politics, even though most writers disagree with them, they overlooked it and they were willing to vote for him. And this was long before the Capitol Hill riots, but they, but he lost them at some point. What do you think the breaking point was? I mean, what was it for you? What was the breaking point? I, you know, I, I was, it was kind of compiled, you know, the, the Adam Jones thing, which I know you were 
and EEI during those days. I didn't like him calling Adam Jones a liar when he wasn't there. I mean, that's another ball player. No one does that. I, you know, the, the lynching of the journalists, I know it's a joke. I, it's not funny. I didn't like it. And just, just digging in and doubling down on all this stuff. Um, the stuff he got fired for at ESPN stuff, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I think that was that big a deal. I mean, I was too unfortunate for him, but to me, he could have been like, you know, Morris, Blylevin, whatever, and just a guy who gradually built and then got in. And that was going to happen. <clears throat> and I thought the stuff from Tuesday really, really hurt him. And like all the guys in the Hall of Fame, pretty much all of them were voted in by the writers. And now he's basically telling those guys that the people who voted them in are idiots who don't know anything. And well, I, I think he's going to be the next Jim Bunning, who was close. I mean, didn't he get 74 and a half percent? Outspoken right winger. I mean, he was obviously a, 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 a politician, but he, Jim Bunning, lots of people didn't like his politics. He had to wait for the uh, Veterans Committee. Uh, all right, a couple, a couple of questions for you. Does he succeed in getting his name taken off the ballot? The writers are against that. He told me on this podcast a couple of weeks ago that if he didn't get in, he didn't, he didn't think he was gonna. He said, "I want my name off the ballot." Can he do that? Can he affect that change? And if not. The writers just want to rub his nose in it again because he's not. If they leave him on the ballot, you would agree he's not going to get in next year. Well, Jerry, they they told guys over the years who were coming close and not getting in, like you know, I think the guys were ready to go off on the writers when you know, like I don't know, Edgar Martinez or or there's people that got close and and they would be instructed just don't do this, don't go nuclear the night that you don't get in because next year you will get in. Right. Don't torch it, don't blow it up. So. Nobody had that talk with Carter. If they did, he wouldn't listen. No, uh, he, so. he, they had the talk with him. And I, you would say, you know better than I would, but they're guys who did that, who toned, like Bly Levin. They toned it down. They stopped ripping the writers. They played the game, and they got in. And Schilling could have done that, but you know him. There's no way he was going to do that. So um, I don't think they'll take his name off the ballot. Again, he can't change the rules here. And, and it's really it's a bad look for him. Why is he saying – I'm not a Hall of Famer, but I'll accept it if they decide to let me. I mean, that, it feels like rigging the game there when you do that. You, you, you're already preparing for defeat. Like, why would he keep telling everyone he's not a Hall of Famer and then get so angry about not being voted in by when 71% of people did think he was? I'll, I'll tell you why. I don't blame him for this. I would get pretty frustrated, too. And I know he's a friend of yours, but Mike Barnacle's on TV saying, you know, he's, he's, he wouldn't let him in because he's a bad guy. And he's listening to other people say that he's a bad guy. And in his mind, he's political and he's very opinionated, but he's a, a good husband, a good father, and does things for charity. In his mind, he, he, he does what a good man is supposed to do. He doesn't you know, hold back when it comes to opinions. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't you know, drive drunk. or He put that in the Facebook post, the, place, the Facebook post where he took a shot at you. He pointed out that... He never did drugs or hit his wife or drove drunk. All those are the things that make you a bad guy, and he doesn't do any of them. Well, I mean, that's great. Uh, and I, I think if they had taken his computer away five years ago, he'd be in the Hall of Fame now. <laughs> I mean, because most people, you know, they don't, they don't see him on a daily basis. I mean, we're all aware of his charitable deeds and, you know, the fact that he's lived in this community a long time and, and people have good things to say about him as a family guy. Good, that's great. Uh, but all all people see around the country is is the social media stuff. And I think the uh, post on January 6th about the riots was 
the backbreaker. As you know, some writers wanted the ballot back. So he came up 16 votes short. I think it could be worse next year because he'll say more things that upset people. But I don't think he'll get in. In your mind, and I, I agree with you on this one, you, you don't vote for the steroid guys. My prediction is there'll be a lot of writers like you, like I would be, who say I'm not voting in these obvious steroid cheats, Bonds and Clemens and Sosa and Manny. David Ortiz is going to get in. I think he's going to get on the first ballot, and it's going to be hard. There are a lot of writers, Dan, who are going to be twisting themselves into pretzels, trying to rationalize why they vote for Ortiz but not, uh, you know, Sosa. It's what you have just said. I've I've been calling this for the last six months. I mean, because it's very clear to me. I mean, Ortiz, the year he retired, I went around New York asking all the writers because there's so many of the game there. Would you are you going to vote for Ortiz five years from now? They all said yes. Now. Um, everybody loves Big Poppy, including the commissioner of baseball, who gave him the presidential pardon on the 03 test, which no one else got. The only other people that tested on the, the one that David failed that were announced were Sosa, A-Rod, and Manny. <laughs> and, but none of them got the commissioner to say, yeah, don't believe that test, you know. But David got that. So the writers have an out on that now. Well, the commissioner said don't that, that test is not to be trusted. The only time in the history of, of MLB testing that a player was given forgiveness by a commissioner. So you got that. Some will hold the DH against him. I don't. He's, he's going to sail in. It's going to be a one-man Hall of Fame that year, David Ortiz. And, and consider when he gets in, Dan, who's going to be left out? Bonds? Bonds and Clemens. So that, that's the, so the last year. Manny. Right. The last, but for, for Bonds and Clemens, I think Manny goes further. The last year of the ballot is the same as the first year for David. So when Bonds and Clemens go away forever, David goes in. That's that's unbelievable, and and she'll, so so guys who will be on the ballot and be right. close or not close will be on the ballot and come up short. Are Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, Manny, and A Rod, Sosa, and A Rod? <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, A Rod. The ballot from hell. <laughs> so A Rod, Clem, if you if you're not a, if you don't care about steroids, free the all time oh greatest players. Maybe the th- maybe three of the you know five yeah. greatest players ever. Right. Will be left out, and David Ortiz, a DH, a DH who clearly did steroids. uh, Everybody loves him. Who got caught doing steroids, and who drove in 148 runs in uh, (laughs) in 2005, hit 54 bombs in 2006. A guy who uh, did nothing in Minnesota; they got for nothing. That guy is going to go in when all those other guys are left out because of steroids. It's going to be wild. We think it's wild because of Schilling. He's going to be an afterthought next year with all these. Yeah, and, um, and he will he will be on that ballot. That committee is going to meet once. Uh, they generally meet in July. I think they'll expedite that, and I think they, they should quickly announce that he's, he's going to be on the ballot whether he likes it or not. I think that's the resolution. that They, they can't let a guy change the rules on that. It's just like it's just not done. I mean, you know, he, no one actively runs for the office, but your name goes on the ballot by the rules, and, and no one's ever come off there by their own – request right I, I don't think they're going to grant it to him either and i don't want you know to be honest i don't want him to it'll be better <laughs> i want to see what happens next year you you wrote a column about this why he doesn't belong on there you and i have gone back and forth on the dumb <coughs> t-shirt, which annoys me the t-shirt's yep. not a big deal neither is the collecting world war ii memorabilia our late friend mike shalen left him off because he said he was a nazi collector of nazi stuff yes he is a collector of not he's also a collector of you know, British stuff and, and, and Japanese. Yeah, I'm just stuff. I understand. 
I've, I've seen it. He's got some unbelievable World War II memorabilia, which he donated to a museum. You can't hold that against him. You wrote that there'll be class acts all when you get to Cooperstown. You go, and uh, that would include Jeter, Larry Walker, who I love, and Ted Simmons and others. How do you know? How do you know they're class I act? know. that I agree. That That's that's writer broad brush. I mean, you know, because it was Seaver had said to Bill Madden, keep sending us class acts. I think that was the year that Andre Dawson got in, your friend. Oh, great guy. Real class <laughs> and, act. Now, and, um, I, I spent some time with Larry Walker, and I love him, but I'm not sure he's... Uh, but yeah, we don't. Yeah, no, that that's fair. We don't We don't know. It's like you say someone's a good guy. You know, I mean, I, I've tried to avoid that, you know, but, but Kurt has put himself on another level. And, again, there's now the support of of the riots in, at the Capitol. And it's just, that was unfortunate. And then to double down on him was double unfortunate in my view. So I'm just, that's that not, that doesn't cut it. And I don't want to honor that. I'm not honoring that. I'm not doing it. This you is, no one's taking your numbers away. The numbers stay. Pete Rose, uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson, the numbers stay there. This is an honor. You can choose it or not. And I choose not to. I, I say that about Barnes and Clemens and A-Rod. Same thing with Pete Rose. They get to keep all the awards and all the MVPs and all the rings and all the money. They don't get everything. They don't get to be in the Hall of Fame, even though, f- for your sake, I would be rooting for this because it would be just such a wild scene. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting for the next couple of years. There's been some boring ones lately, but it's going to be yes. uh, much more interesting. Our uh, friend Alex Reamer wrote a column, something you and I have talked about before, about why is Bill Conlon still there? Is there any precedent for a guy? I mean, Bill Conlon, we believe, molested his own relatives, his own niece. He's a baseball writer, was from Philadelphia. He got the Spinks Award, just like you, right? Yes. Right. So they give it to, sometimes they give it to, you know, some degenerates. Uh, I'm not saying you, I'm saying Bill Conlon. Can they take it away? I don't see why not. But again, I I don't know what, what you do with, uh, with dead guys and with, right. with legalese and with proof. I mean, his family might say, well, that's all made up. I mean, it was never, it never went to court far as I know. And it was out there and those stories were written and it certainly, I never voted for Bill Conlon. I wasn't really a big fan, but I don't really have any say in it, but I've asked about it. Is that something? And to this point, they haven't looked into it. I mean, they're looking at the plaques for Kennesaw Mountain Landis and Tom Yaki. And all right, Shirley. right. You would think today, this day, this cancel culture age, they'd be onto this. I was at the uh, NFL on the Football Hall of Fame uh, a couple of years ago, and the most popular attraction in the, you know what it is, the Football Hall of Fame. It's a great museum in Canton, Ohio. And and juice, right? OJ's, I mean, I, my son and I had to wait to get up and take a picture with OJ, you know, like the I'm, Mona Lisa <laughs> and, and I'm looking around and there's uh, you know, John Hanner over here. I'm like, hey, that's John Hanner. That's a, and then I, but everybody, you know, is drawn to OJ. So they're never removing that bus. They're just going to say what he did was after it's not him as a player. I don't think they have the same morals clause character clause as baseball, but I think I'm not sure who, uh, as you say, maybe his family would be upset. I don't think anybody, no writers, no, no. No, there's no argument to it. What he did was just reprehensible. And if they just yank, what is, what do you get for being a Spinks award? Is it a plaque or a bust or what is it? No, there's a, there's a, yeah, there's a little picture of you on the wall. There's a wall. There's like 60 guys, you know, going back to Damon Runyon and I don't know, Grantland Rice and all those guys, you know, and up through Red Smith and et cetera. And uh, Nick Cafardo is being honored there next summer. So Conlon was, I don't know, 10, 10 years ago or something. 
And then, then he died. He got the award. He died. And then the stuff came out about the family. So, hey, you want to take Conlon off the wall? I'm all for it. Just, just pull it off. I, I, my, my daughter went to William and Mary, and there's a bar there that has all the greats from William and Mary. I believe Mike Tomlin's on there, and maybe Sean McDermott. I don't remember. But in the middle, we were there. In the middle is an empty spot, and I just look up and I, and I, I before we even asked, like the waiter, waitress, I said, "That's got to be Darren Sharper." And we asked, and sure as hell, it was Darren Sharper. They just pulled him off the wall after, you know, he raped like 72 women. And I don't know if they're going to replace it. Just say that spot, that's where Darren Sharper used to be. That's what should happen to Bill Conley. Just pull it off. Who cares? But uh, anyway, he's he might be out. Chilling will be out. Get rid of, you know, all those people. And uh, you are, are there every year, right? You go every year because you're a winner. I try to, yeah, since yeah, since 16, I've tried to go. I have gone every year since 16. And, of course, with Nick getting in, we were all fired up to go last summer, and now, now we're fired up to go this summer. And this summer will be nobody from the 2000 class, but all like four or five guys from 19, um, 2019? So, yeah, the, the four guys, you know, Jeter, you said Larry Walker, the family of Marvin Miller. And uh, Ted Simmons. Oh, right. Four. Marvin Miller. Finally, the writers got their way. Or the, the, there was some. You know, he had he had asked to not be on it as well, but there wasn't a ballot because they come under the Veterans Committee because Marvin Miller is not a player. But he said, go screw. I don't want to be part of this anymore. He called it a farce. So Shill should actually be using Marvin Miller as his model because uh, Marvin Miller said, I'm not part of this anymore. It's a farce. Lose my name. Lose my number. Don't consider me. And it wasn't until after he died that they started doing it again. By the way, one of the biggest, I don't want to say proponents, defending <clears throat> steroid guys. He's the one that said, you know, what are you going to do? Start testing for Advil. So if you want to ban guys for their role in the steroid era, I'd put Marvin Miller on the list. But too late now. He's in and uh, lots of his uh, friends and fans will be happy. But it'll be a big deal. The problem Shill has, as you know, is he's never going to stop expressing his opinion unless even if they ban him from Twitter and from Facebook and everything else, he'll find a way. And, you know, this is a very political era, political age, as, as you know, and uh, he will step in it again. I have no doubt. All right. Before we let you go, Sean, see you're a Belichick guy. I'm a Brady guy. Are you, have you given up on the, who's most responsible? Yeah, we're pretty far behind in this argument right now. It's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to cling to the cliff here, but I mean, you're a football guy, Jerry, and I still got to say, in a 20-year dynasty, actually two mini dynasties in the in the 20-year period, don't you think the coach is a is a bigger part of the of the credit than than any player? Like I, I look at it like you know how in high school football the same communities win every year because the coach and the system. I think the NFL is very much the same, and I know Tom was great, but I believe that their dominance year in and year out in the consistency is owed to the coach. So I'm still saying that any coach who's there that long gets more of the credit than any one player, especially in a team sport like football. It's not like basketball. If it's LeBron James or one, you know, one guy, it is the player. It, it, you're one right. player out of 22. But the one player is so much more important than all the others. Football yeah. has changed, Dan, and the quarterback is more important. Hell, he's more important than any player in any sport. And you can't say that about him. That's why running backs don't matter anymore. And, it's all about the quarterback. That's why teams sell out to draft the guy first and, and, and invest everything they have in him. And this is the best quarterback ever, as we know. And he just makes the whole team better. I think Belichick without Brady would have won two Super Bowls, who still would have been the all-time great. But it takes an, a transcendent quarterback to win six, or maybe in this case, seven. Are you going to 
pick against them on uh, on Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah, I, I'll I'll stay with that. I'll pick Kansas City to win. <laughs> you know what's funny? You look at Kansas City, you say, God, they're better. They're so great. Well, Holmes is so great, and then you say, but 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 Brady. I mean, picking Brady makes no sense, but I'm going to do it because he's don't Brady. don't you think? Don't you still feel like he's like he feels the rush so much now, and he makes bad decisions when he feels it. Like those three interceptions, I one was a you know, tip, I understand, but he throws it up for grabs when there's pressure. He's been doing it all year. He gets away with it. Yep, you know, they, defensive backs drop the ball, they fall out of bounds, whatever. But I think he's teetering on a bad game. And and fortunately, Kansas City, they're not the defense probably to right. do it. They they just did that thing on ESPN when he's under pressure. But you said about all quarterbacks, then yeah. he makes mistakes. And, you know, he made – I said the week before what we saw Breeze do against Tampa – throw three picks and just suck it and, and look old and look like he was. I said, yeah. Brady will never do that after that game. <laughs> a week later, Brady does that, and it doesn't matter. He throws three picks, and you say it all the time. You know, the football gods are still oh smiling God. on him. He gets so lucky. He's, you know, just. I mean, Jerry, when's the last time he drove the team down the field for a touchdown? They had five short fields for five touchdowns in two well, no, games. No, the last play of the half was pretty cool when they were, thought he was going to punt. But again. Him. If you're the, why didn't they fire the defensive coordinator? How does that play happen in the NFL? It's a good question. Well, according to Chris Carter, it happened because the receiver was white, and they don't think they don't think white <laughs> receivers will get I open. I should listen to your show. I didn't know that. Yeah, Chris Carter, looking up him, and he said that's a white guy, and DBs don't worry about <laughs> white guys getting behind them. Yeah. So he, he said, if that were Antonio Brown, they would have covered him. That's so, right. but Brady, the whole game game came down to Brady you know, taking a chance and scoring a touchdown. And then the Packers refusing to take a chance. and Unbelievable. Field goal. So that, that made all yeah, the let's, – Let's give the ball back to Brady with two minutes to go. We'll get it back. Uh, right, right. I mean, that was the dumbest decision when you – Unbelievable. And, and if I'm a coach, my first thought was, I'm going to go for it just because I don't want to look like a fool if I don't. I mean, if you go for it and don't get it, you say, yeah, I got Aaron Rodgers. Of course I'm going to go for it. If you If you don't go for it, and even if you kick the field goal, you you go from down eight to down five. You look like you got no guts, and it's something that will haunt you forever. I don't understand why coaches don't take more chances, but that's me. I agree. All right, all right, Chauncey, congratulations! You kept my friend Kurt Schilling out of the Hall of Fame another year. I take no joy in that. Like we started, that's I say it again, like that. You know, hey, good luck to Kurt. I hope I hope he's I hope he gets happier. He needs to be happier. By the way, in the same Facebook post where he mentioned you, he admitted that he's got Asperger's, which was kind of strange. I, I, I knew he had some issues, or some challenges, but that was just out of the blue. He said, as an Aspie, that's a person with Asperger's. And, and I said, wow, he is really opening up in this, in this, uh, in this post. Uh, that was a little different, but we'll see. We'll see how he does. I know his family's going through some tough, tough times. I know you wish him well. I As wish I, you well. Get him back on your program and, and let me know when it's on. I'll try to figure out how to listen to you. I will try, even though I think he's mad at me because I'm not talking about how the election was rigged anymore. I think he wants to stay. <laughs> All right, Dan, thanks. I will talk to you. All right, see you, Jerry. Bye-bye. That is uh, Dan Shaughnessy from the Boston Globe. Um, he is uh, the writer, I would say, definitively, that Schilling hates the most. That's um, – it would be an honor and a curse, but uh, Schilling is the. There's one writer Schilling uh, named uh, singled out in his Facebook post where he admitted he's got Asperger's, which was a great post. If you haven't seen it, 1,200 words, just from the heart, 
stream of conscious opening up, letting it all hang out. Schilling's going to lose that, by the way. He's not going to get his name taken off the ballot. So next year, he'll be on there, and he'll come up short again because he'll continue to say things that piss people off, and more people want to, I mean, hell. I don't think the guys who asked for their ballot back got their out ballot back, did they? I don't believe so. They didn't confirm that. But and there's only a couple of them, but those, those guys, guys aren't going to vote for him next year. So there are more people who aren't going to vote for him, and his numbers obviously don't change. But it'll be wild when you think about it next year. Here's what's going to happen, just in case you're just tuning in. David Ortiz is going to get in. Here's who's not going to get in. Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling. Five steroid guys and a a Trump supporter are all going to be kept out. And David Ortiz, a steroid guy, a DH, is going to get in with 80... 9% of the vote. He's going to, or 80, yeah, whatever, 80 something, 89% of the vote. He's going to slide in. He's going to be the only inductee and the rest of them are going to be left out in the cold. That's going to be wild. We'll, we'll, we'll spend some time talking about, it, I'm sure. And Schilling will hold nothing back. Some guys, as Shaughnessy said, can play their cards right and, and keep quiet and get in. And he's not going to do that. He will never, ever do that. But, it uh, it was good to hear from Sean. See, I got a call in the shilling. See if he wants to join us and you know have his say again. But I think he's uh, he's upset with you. It's pretty. Cool. Little, I, I don't know. He, he was on a couple of weeks ago. It was good, but uh, he wants to talk more about uh, you know the election fraud and all that. And uh, we're moving on. We're moving on to. We're I was gonna, trying to think yesterday, and I was thinking through it when I was just listening to Dan talk. Like, or, obviously, it, it's his politics that kept him out of the Hall of Fame. But is there a second tier to it? There are a lot of instances in life where I don't agree with somebody, but I don't call for a business to be shut down or a person to lose their job or whatever it may be. Is there a tier to this that's like, okay, I don't agree with Kurt Schilling, and I feel that his opinions are actually dangerous. Like, do you think that's how he thinks versus? Yes. Just- well, that's how everybody thinks post January 6th. And I realized that was after the elect votes were in, but that's a deal breaker for a lot of people. And they've been fed lies there. They, Dan works. I don't want to get into it because it, there's no end to it. If we started talking about it, but Dan works with people who support the Antifa black lives matter riots, who literally write columns in support of the riots by Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Uh, Schilling didn't support the rioters. He said he understood and they were fighting for democracy, you know, and that's, you can't do that. You just can't do it. Somehow the January 6th riots are separate than all the other riots, the hundreds and hundreds of other riots from left-wingers who somehow had good intentions. The the January 6th people had bad intentions and, I understand that. That's the the deal now. You can't equate the two, although, you know, I don't know why you'd want to defend Antifa, but Dan works with people who defend Antifa, but the guy who defends, you know, Viking man is somehow uh, disqualified from polite society. It's a double standard, but that's life. We, that's our whole life now, double standard. Every story we did today is a double standard. Every story we do every day is about a double standard and you know until they pull the plug on us which they will you know we'll be we'll be the next ricky vaughn taken away in handcuffs because of something i tweeted five years ago it uh, is kind of a shame though because I, I think i even said this to you after we interviewed Schilling last time is when he's talking baseball 
when he's talking about his family, when he's talking about charities, he comes off, first of all, really intelligent, uh, really sympathetic, really relatable, really authentic, right? And now I'm listening to you have the conversation with Shaughnessy, telling him about these things. And I can, you can only, I mean, you've talked to Shaughnessy for years, right? I've listened to him. I watched him on TV. I feel like Shaughnessy hears that. Like he hears that Schilling is a good guy when in those moments. So why do we like mock that he wants to be removed from this process because it's hurting his family right now? Like that was his take yesterday. This is a good point. Like if if it genuinely is when he's on the ballot, although it won't matter if he's off the ballot, they're still going to hate him. There's still going to be these comments. That's fine. But he's saying like, like they're taking joy. And I'm, and I, I didn't feel like Dan Shaughnessy in this moment talking to him right now was taking joy in the fact that uh, that Schilling will still be there next year. I feel like he heard that. He hears Schilling when he talks about his family. But other people are taking joy in it. Like, no, keep him on so he suffers. It's like, what? He's saying I'll tell you what upsets. I'll tell you what upsets Schilling more than anything. It's the people. And there was a guy in Philadelphia, and I forget his name. He was a writer that was in Schilling's home and was close to Schilling when he was there and, and obviously got along great with him and liked him. In the current climate, you have to choose sides. And this guy's obviously a liberal, like 98% of the sports writers. He chose sides, and he turned on Schilling. And his wife, Shonda, who's great, yep. Yep. she she went after the writer said, but we were friends. You came into our home. What what happened? They think, and I think Sean McAdam, who said this, has covered Schilling for years, Steve Buckley, uh, they have said they used to like and, and respect Schilling, but something changed. When someone tells you that about yourself and you don't believe it, it's really grating. It's really upsetting. So they tell Schilling, you've changed. You've always been an outspoken right winger, but you're worse now. That sets him off, and I don't blame him. People say that to me. They, It's not him. I don't think Schilling's changed. It's certainly a more volatile, volatile culture, and there are more ways to, to, to express your opinion and piss people off. Where Schilling used to just be, you know, he'd talk to writers and he'd say things like, whatever, vote Bush. Or even before that, he'd talk about politics and they would talk and they would debate him and argue. Now they see him tweet about whatever, the Capitol Hill riots or Antifa, and it just sets them off. And they say, you've changed. He hates that. In the way he talks about his family through the years, have you seen him change? Because uh, like, oh, not at all. In fact, he's better. I mean, he's yeah. more devoted. I mean, he did a Christmas card. With all four of his kids, I think they were dressed the same with his parent, with his wife, and they're in their twenties. And I got kids in their twenties, and that's hard to do. They, if they're, you know, they don't respect you, like you, uh, get along with you, they're not going to dress up for a Christmas card. Yeah, I think he's got a good family life. He's got a great wife, and he looks at other people whose lives are all screwed up, and he knows writers with with dark private lives and it drives him nuts and he's and he's always threatening to out them all and maybe someday he will i always say that there aren't many athletes who i say if that guy wrote a book wrote it honestly it would be a bestseller everyone want to read it there'd be a real ball four element to Schilling's story and he's he remembers a lot he's passionate about a lot and he's got grudges scores to settle so maybe he can, instead of focusing on his crazy periscopes, he can sit down and start typing because he's a good writer and, and write his story. That would be a good book. I mean, all the writers and all the media would say they're not going to read it, but they would read it and it would be good. 
and it would be wild and he'd probably get sued and i mean he'd be he also doesn't have the impact that these writers think he has like great you have sixty thousand, whatever it is followers on twitter that doesn't mean that you built an army of people that are going to storm the capital with you no, you know what i mean like he's it's got like, over two hundred thousand. but i saw his little feud with canseco canseco's got like a half a million that moron that meathead it would, who types like i mean he couldn't write a sentence let alone a book and Schilling put him in his place. That was one of the great comebacks. He said, Canseco said, Schilling should not be in the Hall of Fame. And uh, all, all Schilling wrote back is said, you were on drugs the whole time and I still owned you. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. It was a good shot. But anyway, it's going to be wild. Schilling will always be a newsmaker. You know, he'll always be making headlines and ruffling feathers, which is what we like about him. Even if he's uh, mad at me for not... Uh, Continuing the uh, election fraud theme. I mean, it's over. We got to get over that. We got to move on. We got a bigger uh, fights to fight here. So anyway, we'll still try to get him on. Maybe we'll have him on next week. Maybe we'll have him on again soon. But thanks to Dan Shaughnessy for joining us. Um, Shaughnessy's not afraid to, you know, you know, to be in the middle of it either. I think Dan would have been happier if Schilling got in and he would have a great induction story to cover in July, but I guess they don't want trouble. They want everyone to get along and get drunk together up at Cooperstown for a weekend and honor, you know, Ted Simmons. Gee, can't wait. Derek Jeter, boy, Jeter's speech is going to be a real barn burner. Please. Oh, talking about all the women he dated and stuff like that could be really good. So, but I don't think he'll do I it. I don't think he'll do that. It would be great if he would do that, but I know it, like if he could know, I'm, I'm guessing Gina's got some dark secrets too, but uh, you're not going to get him. Schilling at least is honest. He, got, he, he wears it on his sleeve and we enjoy that. But anyway, thanks to Dan Shaughnessy. Thanks to Dave Conan for explaining the GameStop story to us. It gets worse and worse. I mean, Robin Hood's going to get it. Like this is going to be, this is going to keep going and it's going to be bad. You're shutting down stocks. This is what you ask for when you start an app like that. You're going after nobody's like Dave Conan to invest $25 on random stocks. Now I go and do it and you shut me down. This is going to, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly. If, all right, you stay on top of that. I want you to be my correspondent, our expert. You're going to be our Charles Payne. I'm uh, losing money right now, so I'm starting you? a Good. lawsuit. I am starting Good. it personally. Yes. Okay, so our financial expert, Dave Collins, is going to stay on top of the GameStop story, the, the Wall Street bets story. My prediction is big tech, the bullies, will not allow this to go on any longer. They'll find ways to shut down these rogue investors who are ruining the short sellers I'm going to try and learn and read and understand as much as I can and do my best to explain it to everybody uh, when we speak again. But until then, uh, thanks to uh, Shea Concrete and Allied Paving in D.C. And thanks a lot to our guys at GovX.com, our great new sponsor. We appreciate it. Thanks to everybody for listening. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will talk to you again soon. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. Can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.